Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to tune into our current series, Built for More, Church Beyond the Weekend, where we will see what the Psalms teaches us about how life is enriched when we live and serve in community with our church family. So it was um, about 12 years ago or so, there was a book written about a kid named Trevor McKinney. You probably saw the movie. You'll recognize the movie in just a moment. But Trevor McKinney was given an assignment from a social studies teacher. And the teacher said, all right, Trevor, your assignment is you have to do something that's going to make the world better. You have to do something that's just going to be great, that's going to really help the world out. That's your assignment for this year. So he's like, what am I going to do? You know, he starts thinking about it. He's like, I know what I'll do. What I'll do is I'm going to do a favor for three people. But the rule is going to be they can't do a favor back to me. No, they have to pay it forward, right? They have to pay it forward. And they have to do a favor for three more people. But here's the thing. When they do a favor for three people, it can't be something like hold the door open. That's just called manners, y'all. Just hold the door open. Be nice, right? It's, it's not hold the door open for someone. It has to be this favor, this thing that they can't do for themselves, right? Essentially, what this whole story is, because it's inspirational. Like, I love the movie. It was great. It was this story of one person being blessed, and so they in turn bless all those around. And yet, that's not really Trevor McKinney's story, is it? That's a story that for thousands of years has been God's story. Our God who blesses a people so that they in turn will bless the nations. So guys, we're wrapping up a sermon series today called Built for More. I do want to, again, thank you all for being here those of you who are downstairs in the two overflow rooms, thank you. Thank you to those of you who are watching online for gathering all of us this morning to focus on worshiping the Lord and studying his holy word. Built for More is really a continuation of that last sermon series we did where we said there's two main environments that today we gather as a church. There's Sunday morning, right, what we're doing now, and there's life groups. There's Sunday morning and there's life groups. And what we're going to see today is we're going to go to the book of Psalms. Take your Bibles, in fact. Turn to Psalm 67. We're going to be looking at this big idea in Psalm 67 that God blesses his people for the good of the nations. God blesses his people for the good of the nations. So that whole thought of being blessed for the good of the nations, we could have gone to gobs of sources in Scripture, couldn't we? Like, there's so many passages that talk about our call to be on mission people. So many places. Yet, this whole sermon series, really for two sermon series, we've been in the book of Psalms. I think this will probably be the first time that you've heard that big idea and studied it through the lens of Psalm 67. I think it'll be highly encouraging. Now, I want you to think about the worship team just a second ago. Kip stood up here, Waymaker, Miracle, you know, and I'll let him do the singing. But, you know, he was doing all that. Sometimes doesn't it feel like when you watch the worship team, they just freestyle? Like if you're not musical. It seems like that. It seems like they just play what they feel, man. You know, they just get up here, over here. She's rocking out on the bass, you know. She's just doing her thing over here. Like whatever she wants to play. Like she, That's not real life, just so you know. Real life is they are not freestyling. In fact, Amy will practice during the week to get ready for Sundays. And like there's actual recordings that Kip will send out where there's this little voice, this woman that will say, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus. You know, and she's talking them through. There's, there's structure to what they're doing up here. 
the Psalms are the same way. The Psalms are a collection, as you know, uh, of ancient poetry and songs. It's really like an, an ancient songbook is what it is. And we've talked about how some of them are arranged in an acrostic faction, uh, fashion, where each letter begins with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. What we're going to look at today with Psalm 67 is different. It's a chiasm, meaning it forms this X kind of a pattern, this crisscross pattern. It'd be like, here's, here's what I'm be like if I said, never let a fool kiss you or a kiss fool you. Do you see the crisscross where fool and kiss, it lines up? Do you see that? Let me give you another one. It'll, it'll make more sense, the crisscross pattern. It'd be like if I said, winners never quit. And you help me out now. Quit, win. Do you see how they line up now? Like me, okay, that's simplistic. That's a very simple, simple, simple form of a chiasm. So, for those of you who like you always like to dig a little bit deeper throughout the week, you're going to nerd out today. Like, you're going to love that because you're going to start looking at, at how we're studying. And the reason I told all of you that, the whole reason it's important in the first place, normally we study like verse one, verse two, verse three, verse four, verse five. You can't do that really with a chiasm to see the crisscrossing. So we're going to look at like verses 1 and 2 and then verses 6 and 7 and see how we're going to do that. We're going to jump around. So let's go to the God's word and we're going to see how we should pray for God's blessing for the nations. Let's look at verse 1. Psalm 67 verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Selah. Now, when you see the word Selah, and it's all throughout the Psalms, here's what that means. It means slow down. It means to pause, take a break. Think about what you just read. Prepare your heart for what you're getting ready to say. It's, it's that deep breath. Think back to when you were a wee little kid. Think back, like, to Christmas time. At Christmas time, there was one particular song that I would try so hard to do this. And, and the way it would work is you'd sing all the little words, and then you'd go, <gasps> Gloria. And I remember thinking as a kid, like, if I can get that in one breath, I'll be a man. Like, that, <laughs> that'll be the time. Like, then I know I've got it lit. Because the way I would have to do it, I'd go, Gloria. And I hyperventilate by the end of the song, right? I'm lightheaded. I'm about to pass out. But that's Selah, right? Selah is slow down. Take that deep breath in, pause, think about what you just read, prepare for what you're about to read, verse 2, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Now skip over to verse 6, 6 and 7, the earth has yielded its increase, God, our God shall bless us, God shall bless us, let all the ends of the earth fear him. And so this psalm starts out with a certain tone in the prayer that's a tone of blessing. And it's a tone that continues on throughout the rest of the psalm. Go back and look at it again real fast. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Now, for some of you, you're thinking to yourself, I know that. How do I know that? I've heard that somewhere before. Well, you've heard that because I've read it over you numerous times as a prayer of benediction when I send you out at the end, right? This is a prayer that the people would have recognized from Numbers chapter 6. This is where Aaron and his sons were blessed. Listen how Scripture says it, starting in verse 22. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, 
Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name under the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So this psalm starts out by praying for this spiritual blessing, but then move in the psalm, you'll see where it moves to a physical blessing with the blessing of the harvest. So we start with the spiritual blessing, and then it's going to move to the physical. Verse 2 reminds us that this prayer for God's blessing is so that all of the nations may be blessed, so that he will be known all across the earth. Now, this, this is key for this morning. Don't miss this. This is a concept the people be blessed so that they can bless all of the earth with the salvation of God. This key concept goes all the way back to Genesis 12. Remember Genesis 12? You had Abraham. Abram at the time, right? You had Abraham, and he's married, but they don't have any kids at the time. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3, God says, and talking to Abraham, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Don't stop there, though. When you keep reading, the next line says, so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God called Abraham with a purpose. Abraham, I want to bless you. I want to intentionally bless you, but that blessing isn't for you to hold on to for yourself. This blessing is for all peoples. I talked to someone after the first service, and they mentioned, this is challenging. You know, I'm quick to pray for someone in my family who has a need. I'm quick to pray for my community. I'm quick to pray for my government leaders. I'm slow to ask for prayer for myself. But church, I'm telling you, we have to be people who are intentional about asking for God's spiritual blessing on us, not so that we can hold it right? Lord, we, we want to pray that this building is able to get finished. The whole goal isn't so that we're more comfy, right? The whole goal isn't so that we got more room, can stretch out our legs a little bit, we have better heating and cooling, we can control the climate, you know, that's not the reason. The reason has to be to continue to help our whole community around us, those in Romeo, those in Washington, those in Shelby, all the communities we live in, to help them hear the saving good news of Jesus Christ. That's why we do it. Now, I think sometimes we still struggle with that concept. So imagine, imagine my son Gabe comes up to me. Gabe's my youngest. And imagine he comes up to me and he goes, Hey, uh, Father, we need to talk. Because he's almost 18. And so he's talking like a man. Like Batman, that is. And he's like, <laughs> Dad, this is how I talk now. Because I'm almost a man. Like Batman, I'm going to talk like this. And he says, Father... It's almost Mother's special day, which it's not. Her special day was in July. We're over it until next year. No more special days for mom until July, right? But he's like, it's almost mom's special day. So, Father, I'd like to get her something. Father, would you mind uh, giving me 50 bucks? <laughs> All right. So I, I would be like, dude, like that's a lot of money. Like that's... And then I would think about it. And I would go, well, you know, I mean, I, I like to bless people a lot. Like I find so much joy in I like... 
not just people. I like to bless my dog. You know, I'll go through Meyer and I'll be like, well, he chewed up his last bone. I'm going to give him a new one because I know I get to be the hero now. And I'm going to walk in and my man-sized poodle, he's going to jump up in the air to head level and he's going to spin in circles while he's in the air. I don't even know how he does it. Ask anyone in my life group. This is how he acts. He's horribly behaved. And he's going to jump around. He's not going to touch me, but he's still going to be face-to-face with me. Let me know how excited he is that I'm blessing him, right? Be, okay, I also like to bless my kids. I love to bless my kids. I love it. I love speaking words of love and life into them. I love helping them dream. I love providing the things that they're really wanting in life. Like, I, I, I find joy in it. I like it. But neither one of those compare to the joy I have in seeing my wife blessed. I absolutely adore my bride. I do. I love her. And so to hear my son say, I want to bless her, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll figure this out. Well, maybe not 50, but we'll figure it out, right? So imagine the special day comes. She eats her dinner, and she's having such a good time, and the presents come, and she starts to open the presents, and I see Gabe's present come. And I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it better be good. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be, and let's say she opens it, and it's stickers from the Dollar Tree. Now, so Amy's a teacher, and in fact, tomorrow is the first day with kids and everything, Amy's also very, very kind and very sweet. So she's probably going to respond with, oh, Gabe, this is amazing. I love this. I'm getting ready to get the school year started, and I love having a rotation, and this will make the kids so excited and so happy. I cannot wait to share this. This was so thoughtful. Thank you so much, son. And I'm going to be sitting there going, boy, we're going to need to talk. You and I are going to have a chat, right? And so afterwards, I would go up to him, Gabe, what happened? That was like $3 worth of gifts. What happened to all the money I gave you? Well, Father, I'm a man. I need walking around money. (laughs) Men need money in their pocket for walking around, you know? And so I thought I would help. Can you imagine as a dad how that'd make me feel? I don't even know that it's like a dollar. Like if he didn't spend every penny, if he spent $47, not $50, you know, how would I feel? And That's not even the point. The point is, I trusted him. It was all mine to give. It wasn't ever his. It was all mine. I gave it, but I gave it on purpose to say, I'm trusting you to be faithful with this. I am trusting you not to be selfish with this, but to be a good steward and managing it out, right? And dispersing it like I told you to, right? That's what we're doing here. That's what the Lord does with us. And that's how this psalm kicks off. Lord, we are asking for your blessing. But it's not so that we can keep it and and prop up our name. It's so that we can prop up your name. Your name and your renown is the desire of our hearts. That's what we see kicked off in this psalm. Lord, we're asking for your blessing on us so that the nations can be blessed. Next, we see this call for God's praise among the nations. You're going to like this part. Look at verses 3 and verses 5. Verses 3 and verses 5. Verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. That seemed a little repetitive to you. 
Like, y'all, it's the same. Word for word, it is the same. This is, it doesn't even matter what kind of music you listen to, because some of you like Christian music in the car, some of you maybe listen to country, or some of you, even 80s. Like, it doesn't matter what you're listening to. There's going to come a point in the song where you're like, I don't know the words, I don't Waymaker, miracle worker, right? And it's like, I know this part because we keep repeating that line over and over. That's what's going on here. This is the refrain. This is the chorus. This is the part that's driving because we know it. And look what it says. Let the people's praise you. That word praise is a Hebrew word. It's a word that means to give a testimony for, to make a declaration of what God is doing. That's why we gather. We gather on Sunday mornings. We gather in our life groups so that we can praise him. And this says we want this for all the nations. Any of you who's ever been on a short-term mission trip out of our country, you know what it feels like to hear the nations praise him. It's awesome. I remember my first trip ever was to Malawi, Africa. And I thought, like, I'm going to go share the gospel so lots of people can come to know Jesus. And we show up and we walk into a church and they start to worship in Chichewa. And I was knocked over. Absolutely knocked over. Maybe you know that feeling of hearing all the nations praise him. It is such a powerful moment. This is what we see Paul talking about in Philippians chapter 2, where he says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him, meaning Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, my friends, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And John Piper has this quote that's pretty famous. He says that missions is not really the goal of the church. Like that's not, he said, in fact, missions exist because worship doesn't. Can I, can I go a step further than that? Missions exist because worship doesn't. I will not spend eternity preaching the gospel of Jesus. I, I won't. I get to do that for a very short window. But what I will do for eternity is I get the opportunity to worship Jesus for eternity. My friends, that's what we do forever. This truly is a snapshot of the throne room of grace. We get this opportunity to know him and be known by him for eternity. We get the opportunity to declare his greatness for eternity. That is what is waiting for us. And yet what I think happens a lot of times, the world around us starts to become a little bit chaotic, right? A little bit wonky. And I don't think it muzzles us. I don't think it mutes us. I think it softens our praise, though. I, I do. Because I think if you're not careful, what happens is all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you feel the tension of school coming, parents. And you're going, it's, it's different this year, and I'm aching for my child, and I'm trying to figure out ha how to handle all the emotions of the turmoil going on with COVID, and I'm not sure exactly how to handle it. Or you look at what's happening politically. And you're going, our, our world is just a mess. Or you see what's happening in this state or that state. And the anger of, of, of one group against another group. And all of a sudden, I think we start to become so burdened that you start to look and you start to say, look at all the darkness out there. Look at all the darkness that's pressing in around us. But do you hear what this says? Let me go back to the word of God. The word of God says, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. 
right? That's what it says. It says, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. We want this place of praise. You are not victims in this world. You are victors. Because of Christ Jesus on the cross, we are victors. Don't ever forget that. So here's my encouragement. Next time you're looking out the window, next time you turn on the TV, next time you get that email, next time you see that social media post, and you start to feel like everything is crashing down on you, here's what I want you to say. In that darkness, there's an opportunity for his light to shine brightly. I am so fired up right now because there is so much opportunity for us to speak and preach the good news of Jesus Christ in our world. The darker the world seems to get, the brighter his light seems to shine, doesn't it? This is not an opportunity for us to go around thinking that he is defeated because Jesus defeated Satan. He defeated sin on the cross. He rose and conquered sin and death. My friends, we are not victims. We absolutely are not. The last point I want us to look at today as we celebrate God's rule over the nations. Let's look at verse, verse number four. Verse four says, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. So again, if, if this was a song, this is the part where the song crescendos. Right? This is the part where the guitar solo is like rocking. This is the part where the vocals just go ballistic. That's what this is. Let me say it again in case you miss it. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity. So we sing for joy. Why do we sing for joy? Because he's going to judge us. See, I think sometimes when we read the word, that's where we're going, mm, yeah, I don't, I don't get that. I know I'm supposed to be joyful because he's going to judge us with equity. I really am struggling with judgment equaling joy. Like, how does that? But isn't that what Jesus talked about when he started his ministry in Mark 1? In Mark 1, Jesus is kicking off his public ministry, verse 14 and 15. And it says, now, after John was arrested, talking about John the Baptist, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel means the good news. Jesus says, here's the good news. The good news is the kingdom of God is here. Through my life, my death, my resurrection, the kingdom of God is here. That is the promise that you and I share. You see, we're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. This is the hope of glory. Church, this is it. And that's what Jesus is saying is there, there's a joy in that moment. Generations before that, though, generations before in Psalm 67 is where it's saying that his, his judgment should lead to our joy. Uh, sometimes I think illustrations help. And so, quick illustration. Let's imagine you have a mom and a dad. And let's say mom and dad, they got a bunch of kids, like a bunch. However many you think is a bunch, add two, right? So maybe it's like four or five kids, but if you got four kids, it's six or seven kids. Like however many you think is a bunch, add two or three onto that, right? That's how many kids they have. They got a bunch of kids. But they're tired, y'all. Like they're worn out. They need a date night. They needed something fierce. And so the babysitter comes over because mom and dad, they're going to go on a fancy date night to Wendy's, get them a Frosty. You know, probably share it, but they're going to have a good time on a date night. And so they tell the babysitter, when the babysitter comes over, they say, here's the rules. 
you know, you need to cook dinner at this time and no screen time. They don't need any phones or iPads or any of that. We don't do all that. And, you know, let's keep the TV off and uh, they can get themselves ready for bed. But bedtime is this. This is bedtime. So they walk the babysitter. The babysitter's like, I got it. You guys go have a great time. Don't spend all your money there. You know, just enjoy it. And so mom and dad's like, okay, here we go. And the moment the door shuts, babysitter pulls out her phone hits the FaceTime button with her friend and plops down on the couch, chatting with her friend. And they're just having a good time talking. And let's say that the little eight-year-old girl comes in and tugs on her shirt sleeve. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry, but my little brother, um, he's five, and he's um, trying to cook macaroni and cheese on the gas stove because, um, like, he's really hungry now. And let's say the babysitter is like, shh. Get away from it. It's like smacking her away. Like, I don't have time, but not like literally smacking, but pushing, sorry, pushing her away, right? Pushing her away. I don't have time for that. Okay, can you imagine that household with all those kids? All, it's not going to take long before it's chaos, is it? It'll be Lord of the Flies up in that house. They're going to be going crazy. One of the boys, he's going to figure out how to tie his bed sheet around the stairs to try to swing down, you know, and, and Indiana Jones it, you know, he's going to be, I've got a great idea. They're, they're going to go nutty. And here's what happens. As the chaos of the home increases, stay with me here. As the chaos of the home increases, isn't it true? The anxiety of the home will increase. All of a sudden, you're going to have kids sitting over in the corner crying. Some pulling blankets over their heads. A couple of the kids probably just going to go lock themselves in their room. They just don't want to deal with it anymore. A couple of them going to be real mad at each other, screaming, fighting, maybe slapping and punching. Everyone's going to be all upset. It's kind of our world today, isn't it? And, and you would think after thousands of years that, man, we'd be so far along in this process of how to love people well. But notice, as the chaos increases, the anxiety levels increase. And now, all of a sudden, we're in a day where we look and we say, hey, it just seems like this group doesn't like that group simply because they have another name to them and that group wants to go to war with that group and that group is angry with that group because of where they live and that group is angry because of something they said and that group is angry because of how they looked at them and that group and, and, and it just starts to turn chaotic and so the anxiety and the tensions increase and I guarantee you felt it within your family that's the world we live in and what does the Bible say the Bible says that it is through the presence of the Lord and his judgment that brings us joy, which is the opposite of all that tension point, the chaos, isn't it? We have joy because of his judgment on all people, equity, equal judgment on all of us. So that same scene, picture this. Mom and dad, all of a sudden, 8.30 at night, they came home a little bit early, put the key in the door, and the door handle starts to open. That door swings open, and in steps mom and dad. Can't you just see how immediately the tensions start to decrease immediately. Why? See, sometimes we think authority, parents. We think, ah, parents. Think back to when you were a teenager. If you're old like me, you know, you think back. It doesn't seem like that long ago, does it? doesn't seem like that long ago at all. And yet I think back and I'm like, I remember the rules my parents set. I remember the things that they used to require me to do. I remember, like, I remember and everything we seem to push back against and say, I don't want that authority, I don't want my rule, isn't that what keeps that stability and joy the whole time anyway? The moment mom and dad walks back in, that tension level is going to start to decrease. 
the psalm says that there's going to be a joy that comes from our worship because of the righteous judgment. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He was crucified on a cross so that we are judged not based on our own actions, but because of our faith in him. That's how we have a right standing with God. And church, that's why we continue to come together. It is so important because if you're not careful, you start to drift from truth. You start to get distracted. You start to get to this place where you don't see the hope. You don't see the good. You don't see the glory of God in your life. And that's why we come in here on Sunday mornings to sum the last two sermon series up. That's why we come together on Sunday mornings. You need reminded of that truth of where the Lord is working in this world and our calling to reach all the nations. All the nations starts with your home and it starts with your neighbor and it starts to those which you go to school with and it starts with those that you work beside. It starts here. But the blessings we receive are not just for here. It's for Thailand. It's for Ecuador. It's for Guinea-Bissau, right? It's for all the nations, all the people, everyone. Not only do we meet here, though, we meet in life groups. I'll tell you what a life group is. A life group is where you go from sitting in a row to sitting in a circle, right? Like, I see all of you right now. I can see you. You can't see each other, though, right? I, and even I see you in this room. I don't see all those online right now. I don't see all those sitting in the two overflow rooms. I can't see you right now. But when you come together in a life group, you see each other. You can hear the voice of that person sitting across from you. When they're saying, here's what the Lord has done in my life this week, you can hear that story. You can turn to them and say, here's where I personally am struggling. I need some prayer in my life. Like, this is what I need right now, and it's where we press in together on this journey. So what I'm telling you is, Sunday morning isn't optional. Life groups are not optional. And yet, even though a lot of you in this room, you are in a life group, a lot of you online and downstairs, you are in a life group. Not everyone is. And so right now, and this week and next week, I want to give you the opportunity to sign up. So here's what we're going to do. Normally, we take our bulletins and there's a card in it that you fill out. And we're trying to keep from passing cards back and forth right now. So everyone take out your cell phone. Okay, I know I just told the story about the babysitter. Ignore that story. Take out your cell phone. When you take out your cell phone, I want you to text to this number. 248-710-071. Everyone's got your cell phones out, right? You should be looking down. I should see the tops of your heads right now. Now, some of you didn't even have your phone out. You just put your head down. I saw that. 248-710-0710. Now, if you're wanting to lead a group, you would type the word group lead. But if you're interested in joining a group, you're not in a group right now. It's going to be really cool. Watch this. If you're wanting to join a group, type the word groups groups. Type groups to that number, 248-710-0710. You're going to get a message instantly. It's going to say, thanks for texting to join a group. Click on the link to take your next step. And I'm going to click that link, and it's going to take you to this page that says groups. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to scroll down just a little bit to where I can select my campus. You're at Romeo. So click the Romeo campus. Not Royal Oak, Romeo. And right away, you're going to see Gary Beebe meets on Fridays at 6.30 p.m., adult group, no children, studying the Bible. Brickles, Brad Buschek, Gerard, it's going to, David Collins, Billy Creech, Don De Palma. It's just going to go all through the list. And so what I want you to pay attention to is where does it meet? 
Like, you don't want to come to Waterford if you live in, in Emily City, right? That, that would make sense. And so pick the one that's closest to your house where the time fits and the group dynamic fits. So if it says, like, hey, we have lots and lots of kids, and you're like, I'm scared to death of kids. That's probably the perfect group, actually. You need to not be afraid of kids, right? So sign up for that one. But I want you to pay attention. Uh, go ahead and see the details, and right there is how you can get signed up. If you get stuck... Kristen Legato will be right there out front as soon as the service is over, and she will help you through the process so that you can get connected. Guys, we're going to be talking about this more than ever this year. If you thought I talked about it a lot last year, I'm going to talk about it way more this coming year, because here's what I believe. I believe that the best is yet to come, and I know you've probably heard pastors say that a lot, but I, I truly do. I think that we live in a world today where the people around you are more open and more receptive than they've been in years. They're open to those conversations about Jesus. We just happen to be at a campus where there's a monster building being built right here beside us that everybody can see. Everybody can see it when they drive by. It makes an easy way to talk about it. We live right around all these communities that are just waiting for us to be mobilized and get outside these walls and outside the doors and go love the community to be the hands and feet of Jesus as we are his ambassadors. I am so fired up about this year. Father, we thank you and we praise you for who you are. Lord, for the high calling that you placed on our lives. Lord, I pray that we continue to find our joy because of your righteous right hand, that we continue to bring our lives into alignment with yours, not expecting you to sway to what culture might try to declare, but Lord, we hold firm to the truth. Lord, continue to show us what it means to love you, to love each other, and to love our world well. Continue to show us what it means to be a light in the darkness, to be that city on a hill that cannot be hidden. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's stand as we close our morning and worship together. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.